Hi, I'm Nick Mott, and I'm the assistant producer at Threshold. And last year, as we were gearing up to release season one, I was barely sleeping. I was calling ranchers in Montana to ask about the schools they'd attended as children. I was talking to scientists and government officials to find out how many bison lived in one tiny plot of land a hundred years ago. I was fielding calls at all hours of the day and night from my boss, Amy. I started at Threshold a year and a half ago because I believed in telling environmental stories in a way that touched people on a personal level and went way deeper than anything else around. But from everything that went into season one, I found so much more than I was looking for. I saw that this sort of journalism has the power to inspire, to entertain, to engage, to spark conversation. But I also learned the sheer amount of time and work it takes to make a show like ours. We're producing season two, and we're going even bigger. And to do it, we need your help. If, like me, you love what we do and you want to show it, donate online at thresholdpodcast.org support. That's thresholdpodcast.org support. Every dollar counts. For our second-to-last bison-related extra, we're featuring Dustin Ranglack. He's an assistant professor of biology at the University of Nebraska Kearney. Dustin's one of the country's leading experts on a wild bison herd hidden deep in the southwest, in a place called the Henry Mountains. About 350 bison roam these canyons and hills, and Dustin calls them the crown jewel of bison conservation. It's an area so remote, there were the last mountains in the lower 48 to be added to a map and Dustin spent months among the bison of this rugged range. So here's Amy and Dustin talking about what may be the wildest bison in the United States. So tell me about the first time you met the Henry Mountains herd. The first time I, we actually caught a glimpse of the bison, it was just quite an exciting thing to see these just enormous grazers, these animals out here on the, on the landscape that it was just in such like a wild setting because the Henry Mountains, it's just dirt roads, really rough, really rugged. The only place I had seen bison before were in Yellowstone, where when you see them, you're one of a hundred cars piled up watching these bison. Here, you know, we were just bouncing along in a pickup truck, and there's some bison, and they were taken off running away from us as, as soon as they saw us there. There were so many times where I was the only person, I mean, 99% of the time, I was the only person watching those bison, uh, and... I got to see a lot of really unique things happen that other people just wouldn't have that I think gave me a kind of a greater appreciation for bison and the the powerful animal that they are and just kind of almost symbolic of the American West. Can you tell me about when you say you got to see some unique things happen that most people don't get to see? Can you do any sto- particular stories come to mind? So there, there are two that really stand out in my mind. The first one was during July of, of one of my field seasons down there, which is when the bison really start to rut. So there's a lot of fighting going on and sparring between these animals. And I had followed this group of about 200 bison and worked my way up. So I was on just a little bit of a rise that stood up, you know, maybe 15 feet in elevation above this, this plain where the bison were grazing. It was mostly shrubs. And I was kind of just sitting underneath this one juniper tree uh, watching them, and they were kind of moving by me, just grazing along. And as I was watching them, these two just monstrous bulls started to spar. 
just full on going at it. They were going to decide who the winner was right then, right there. All the other bulls in that group had like come and like formed like a half circle around them to like watch. And they were all grunting and bellowing, like just like in a schoolyard, if there was a schoolyard fight between two bullies, you know, and everyone else just comes and stands around and watches and exit on. That fight started about a hundred yards away from me and it just moved closer and closer. And I just become so enthralled by what I was seeing. I had stopped collecting data. I was just watching. And suddenly I realized that they were actually only about 20 feet from me just at the bottom of the hill that I was standing on, one of the bison started to push the other one up the hill. And they were about to end up just sitting in my lap. And so I had to jump up and run. Um, and when I jumped up, it, it startled them and that kind of ended the fight. And then the, the other experience that just was really neat to me um, was another one of those times when I had really spent my time hiked in super quiet. This was first thing in the morning, right at first light, I got up and I hiked in on this group that was near my camp and had just gotten set up and they were, you know, wallowing in these dust wallows and the sun was rising and it was just this beautiful moment. And right then, just as I had gotten set up and started, somebody started a truck on the other side of the ridge and they all stampeded. And I had just started collecting my data and at a minimum, I needed a count of how many bison there were in that group. And they when they stampeded, they started running kind of towards me, but, but past me and, and down the valley that we were in. And so I had to jump up to kind of get out of the way a little bit, but then I had to run along with them to try to get my count as to how many of them that there were. And so here's this stampeding herd of about 60 or 70 bison that I'm like running alongside of trying to, to count and, and see how many there were. And that was just like such a unique experience to run with wild bison. Just for that split second, I was, I was a bison, a, a really skinny bison. <laughs> <laughs> a small blonde bison. <laughs> what is it when you think about, oh, I kind of I love bison? Like, what is it that you are thinking of? I just have such a respect for their just ability to survive. I think that they are just like a true survivor. You know, when you look at all the persecution that they went through, but they survived, they made it. They are this survivor that doesn't give up, doesn't quit, is gonna go where it wants and do what it wants. And, and maybe it's because I see parallels with myself in that. You know, when I told people in high school that I wanted to be a wildlife biologist, I remember people laughing at me and telling me, you know, I was in high school, I probably weighed 100 pounds. I was just this skinny little kid. And people would say, oh, you can't be a wildlife biologist. You'll just get eaten. And so I, I have like that same resolve and drive. Like I'm going to go wherever I want and I'm going to do whatever I want the same way a bison does. They are a wild animal and it's, it's a common saying in the bison world that you can get a bison to go wherever you want as long as the bison wants to go there too. And, and that, that really just depicts, I mean, these are stubborn, bullheaded animals that are gonna go where they want and do what they want when they want. And something about our society does try to squash that. That's kind of our Western ideas is that, you know, man has governance over nature and it's our job to control everything. But I think, you know, the more we learn in, in science and ecology, the more we understand that 
generally the the less man does the better off everything works and i think that that maybe we need to remember some of that Mm -hmm.